Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. Listen, we got a lot going on. Tonight, uh, we have an encounter night, so you don't want to miss that. And then, and then we're going to keep water baptism available tonight for you as well. And then next second service, we'll have water baptism uh, ready. So maybe some of you didn't want to take that step yet. You're like, I don't know. Next service, you'll be able to take that step as well if you'd like to. And we got all of everything that you need. Um, a lot is happening in our church. So please come out tonight. Let's worship together. Let's pray and believe God to move an encounter night. And uh, today is a, a special day for me. It's been, uh, I got a picture sent to me. It's been five years since we wrote scriptures all around these walls and under this platform and, and, uh, and so. Someone just said to me today that God's establishing uh, his work continually in this place. And uh, it's just amazing how God's done what he's done in the last five years. We've only been here for four years, but five years ago, we dedicated and wrote verses on the walls. And, and, and we're still, come on, we're still a church after COVID and, and, and serving God in our city. And come on, give yourself a hand for being a, a, a people of God. Uh, it is an honor. I have a good friend here today. Uh, Pastor Dan Lord is going to come and bring the word and uh, really, uh, we've been in relationship and friends for probably 11 or 12 years, and uh, he's known me, and, and I've been in a coaching network under a lot of his leadership. Um, he was uh, a youth pastor for, for 13 years, I, I believe, in St. Louis, and then, and then was at Life Church Memphis as the, one of the executive pastors and saw the church go from 700 to 7,000, and really is a voice to, to pastors all around the country. And, and I've invited him to be one of our overseers, so, so he's actually one of our apostolic voices and overseers in our church. We're not, a, we're not an independent church, we're an interdependent church. And we're dependent upon a lot of different great churches. And so very biblical where, you know, Paul said, hey, send Timothy or send this one and bring my papers or bring my cloak. And, and so Pastor Dan's one of the guys that, that I'm uh, in, in submission to, and he's an authority in my life. And so I just am so honored to have him here today. Would you give him a good Transformation Church welcome as he comes and brings the word? Love you, brother. Awesome, awesome to be in God's house today with you. You can be seated. Oh, wow. How many of you know the best day of the week is not Friday? It's not Saturday. It's not Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's God's day. And you made the best decision you can make to put God first. Come on, when we put God first and we get things ordered God's way, then God orders the rest of our week. I thought this was a shouting church. (laughs) Well, you made the right decision to be in God's house, and we are honored to get to partner with your church. I bring a lot of love from St. Louis, and my wife, and our whole team, uh, our church family. You just need to know you are not alone. We are connected, and uh, we pray for your pastors. We lift them up, and I encourage you to do the same thing. The Bible teaches us to lift up those that are over us in the Lord. How many of you know our pastors still need encouragement? Okay, that wasn't very good. I'll, I'll rewind that so that they know that you're with them. Okay, how many of you know our pastors still need encouragement, right? There you go. <laughs> you know, it, one of the things that really makes church fun is, is us. We're all different. Some people are in here like, I don't clap. I will never clap. I don't shout. But God makes his church the full spectrum. And I was sitting over here, and uh, this brother and sister sitting behind me today, they were amening and worshiping. And you know what that did for me? That got me a little more motivated to worship God today. You know? This is not, this is Transformation Church. 
if you're brand new, this is not the church of the frozen chosen. So I feel at home already with the spirit of enthusiasm for God, for the things of God, for baptism and worshiping Jesus. And you made, a, you made the right decision to be here today. Pastor Randy Starkey's with me today, and he's the founding pastor of the church that I lead. And uh, he built the church 35 years, 35 years. Uh, so I, I brought along a Jedi Knight with me, if you're a Star Wars fan. And he and his wife, Pastor Mary Jo, have been our biggest cheerleaders. We've been the lead pastors now of the church for two and a half years. And uh, we're just so thankful for them and their leadership. And, and your pastors are close to being in a rare club. Did you know that, that only 1% of pastors spend 20 years or more of their life at one church? Your pastors are already at 13. That's a 1% club that's hard to get into. So I honor my my pastor, Pastor Randy, but I also want to honor your pastors for their faithfulness, their determination, their heart for you, for God's people, for this region. They're not complainers. They're not whiners. Uh, they're, they're, not, they're not sad people. They're not defeated people, but they've been through a lot of, of, of things in their life. I can remember the first men's retreat I spoke at about 11 years ago, and uh, man, there was about four of us there. And it was a powerful, intimate retreat. And, and, and then this church service, you know, we were up on the hill. What, what was that location? What everybody called the church, that shopping center? Rocky Hill. At little Rocky Hill, the, the dream in their heart to build a church that would impact this region for God, to hear all about what God, you know, what we're believing for. One day, maybe we'll have a building of our own. One day, we'll be able to do outreach. And one day, we're going to feed more people. One day, you know, we're teenagers. And one day, you know, diapers. And to come back 11 years later and to see their diligence and, and your diligence, those of you that have joined your hearts with them, and to see the giving that's happened. I mean, no, nothing happens on accident in God's house. Actually, nothing accidental is usually good. That's why we have insurance companies, right? And so you as a church have leaned into the vision that God put in their heart all those years ago. And to come back and to, to walk in this building and to see all of you and the spirit of hospitality and the genuineness and the heart for those that are hurting and not giving people a condescending look down, but giving people a look up towards God and pulling people up out of poverty. Listen, man, that is what Jesus came to build and uh, you're building that. And, and so it's, it's just exciting for me to be in this room today and to see dreams coming true that were in your pastor's heart all those years ago. So come on, can we thank God for our leaders and our pastors today? Come on, have been faithful, push through. Just awesome. Well, I want to I want to uh, speak a message into your heart today entitled "Living a Life of Influence." Living a life of influence. Some of you say, "Well, where?" Where do you get that from? I don't really read that word influence a lot in the Bible, okay? Well, I believe that God has placed on every single person in this room, every person on earth, I believe that God has placed on their life a mantle of leadership. Once you become a Christian, you are no longer entitled to live unto yourself. The Apostle Paul said, if you've received any measure of his love, then make my joy complete by being like-minded Thinking of others more than you think of yourself. I mean, no, that's, that's a hard thing to do. I'm really good at thinking about Dan. 
Dan is hungry. Dan is tired. Dan is thirsty. Dan wants peace and quiet. Dan wants his five children to disappear magically, but still be here somehow. <laughs> Come on, parents. Where are you at? Parents of young kids, right? Like sometimes you're like, oh, Jesus, Jesus, help me. Right? Like we're really good at thinking about ourselves, but, but Jesus wants his church to model a life of influence and not just think about ourselves. And he's put on us a mandate to live a life of leadership, a life of significance, and a life of influence. I say, well, why is that? Well, here's, here's a few reasons. You were born again into the kingdom of God, and we have a king, and we're, we're part of his kingdom, and we're supposed to expand his kingdom. Every one of us. No, that's just the pastors. I just believe my part is to just put some money in the offering plate, and I show up every four Sundays. And No, no, God wants you to live a life of influence, and actually, when you leave this place, there's a dent because you swung for God. You made a difference. Sometimes we water down our, the influence we can have. So you've been born again into the kingdom. Here's another reason. You're a son and daughter of the most high God. You have a father that has big expectations on your life. Have you ever heard of the BHAG goals? B-H-A-G. Big, hairy, audacious goals. Like getting a goal in your life that's bigger than what you can accomplish on your own. That's called a BHAG. Everybody say a BHAG. I didn't come up with this, just a weird word, weird acronym. And, and uh, you are God's kid. And God gave you this world, not just to live small, not to dream small dreams, but to dream big dreams. Yeah. Ones that require God showing up in them. Yeah. <laughs> Pray big prayers, as it's been said. Why? Because you have a God who's given you this earth. And he says, wherever your foot goes, I'll give it to you. But he's not giving it to us just so we can sit on it. He's giving, on it, giving it to us so we can have leadership and authority over it and make it better and pray, kingdom come, Lord, your will be done on earth through me. Sound familiar? That's the Lord's prayer, right? We're literally bringing heaven to earth. So we can say it like this. You've been given a mandate personally, as a family, as a, as a church. You've been given a mandate by God you have a permission slip to change this place. Well, we're just praying to make it to heaven one day. Boy, I grew up in a church and they sang about heaven so much, they were of very little earthly good. One question we ask ourselves as a church is, if we closed our doors today, would anyone in this community care? Would it really be, make a difference to it? Would anybody in this community be like, no, not that church. They closed. Man, that church has made such a difference. I sure hope the answer in, in your community, it seems like your community would care. That's how you know you're living a life of influence. So you have a mandate. You have a mandate. What's the mandate? Not to be weird, not to be strange, but to be different than the world. There was a song we used to sing that we were peculiar people. We would use that. A holy nation, peculiar people. And boy, our church was full of a lot of peculiar people. <laughs> How many have been to the family reunion like, Mama, who's that guy over there? Oh, that's Uncle Dan. He's a little cuckoo, you know. I felt like, I feel like a lot of times in church, it's either, you know, it, it's really peculiar and strange or it's nothing. It's either an insane asylum or a cemetery. 
And that's not what God wants. God wants his church to be the lighthouse, attracted that, that people would be attracted. Like, like, well, it's either dead or crazy. I'm not attracted to that. I want a, a church that's solid, that's strong, that's full of the life of God, but full of the wisdom of God, that we don't know, just know how to shout. We know how to live. Y'all with me today? Right? The Bible says that we're living stones. There's no life in the stone. It's solid. It's firm. You can count on it. You can build on it. But we're full of life. Think about that contradiction. Full of the life of God. We're spirit-led people. And we're asking God, God, where do you want me to go make a difference? Well, here's where he wants you to go. Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world. Where does God want this church to go? Into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. So until we have that finished, God's calling us to live a life of influence. I love it. Last night we went to, uh, what was it? Sun, what was that restaurant? Sunspot. Anybody ever eaten at Sunspot? Great rotisserie chicken up there. Right off on the college campus. And I love it. We We were driving and Pastor Jamie said, I would love to have a location of our church right here. And I thought, man, that, that would be really smart because all of the best and brightest of Tennessee and other states is coming just a few miles from this building. Like, yeah, we could probably reach some, some future leaders right here, but, but man, if we could open another location of our church, well, that seems great. How could we do that? I don't know how, but God knows how. And maybe we could go hook a few more and keep them from all the woo life and, and, and capture them with the word of God and, and shape a nation. Like, why not this church? Why not get on campus? Why not believe God for something bigger and crazier than ourselves? Because he told us to go into all the world and make a difference. Got a mandate. First Peter 2, 9 and 10. I love how it reads in the Message Bible. He says, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people. You're God's instruments to do his work and to do what? Speak out for him to tell others of the night and day difference that he made for you. You went from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. Boy, that doesn't tell us about our lives. Went from rejected to to accept it from nothing to something. That's, that's like a gift from God, but now he expects us to get out there and speak on his behalf. I was at a Cardinal game a few years ago. Oh, thank you so much. God bless you for the water. I was at a Cardinal game. Now I don't know what to do with it. We'll just put it right over here. And my kids were there. And it was a hot August day. Any St. Louis Cardinal fans here by chance? One, two, I brought one with me and one over there. God bless you, ma'am. Braves fans. Yeah, y'all are doing pretty good, doing pretty good. Uh, cup, cups? We have a deliverance service afterwards. <laughs> Pray for the Cubs fans. That's our big rival, St. Louis Cardinal rivals. Cubs just stands for completely useless by September. So God bless all the Cubs fans. We were at this game and it was August, it was hot. And my kids are, you know, drinking their sodas and eating their dipping dots. And I got some dipping dots and 
And we're just trying to survive the heat. It's like the seventh inning. Everybody's bored out of their mind, but we're just really dedicated because we paid so much for the tickets, we didn't go home, you know? It was one of those games, and, and so not much happening. And this lady in our section, she, she stands up, and she turns around to the section, and she says, we're going to start the wave. And we're like, no, 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 as a matter of fact, we're not. We're going to eat our dipping dots, you know? I feel like that in church sometimes. Hey, everybody, we're going to worship. It's like, no, no, as a matter of fact, we're going to drink our coffee. We got these new cool Coca-Cola ice machines. We're going to drink those. And so she, she, she decides and she declares, we're going to start the wave. And so she's like, what? And we all stare at her like you're staring at me right now. And she's, 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 she's undeterred by our lack of enthusiasm. And she's like, come on, everybody. You guys have been here before probably, right? And she starts talking to three people. Come on, this whole row, come on, we're going to start it. Come on, everybody. And boy, this goes on. Come on, here we go, everybody. Come on, one, two. Three. Now this time, two or three more join in. Well, somebody in the other section stood up. God bless that seven-year-old, right? But I'm not going to stand up. I'm not getting involved in this. I've got dipping dots. Dignified. Ten minutes later, not only is... The whole stadium doing the wave, but somebody across the way started a double wave. And it was going this way. And when it got over there, they did it twice and sent it on back so it crisscrossed applesauce, you know? <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't tell you how happy that girl was. And, you know, before long, what were we doing? Wow! You know, dipping dots are down, the wave has come. I got a picture of her, I snapped a picture. I forgot to tell you she was half drunk, had had a whole lot of beers. Look at the joy when she looks across the stadium. That's not even our section doing the wave. She's just doing the wave still because it's around the stadium. That's a good picture of what God expects of us to not give in to other people's uh, casuality, not to give in to other people's mediocre spirit, not to give in to being average, not, not to settle because other people aren't excited and don't believe God's word and expect God's church just to blend in. And this church, I just kind of don't feel like anybody should stand out. I just feel like we should just be average. Where's that in the Bible? God expects his church and his kids to stand out from the world. To be wave starters. Why don't, we, why don't we just practice today? We'll start right over here since these guys look the most enthusiastic. Hold on, i got to count to three. That's part of the wave. That's part of the wave. And, and we're just going to go right across the auditorium. And I know some of you are like, I will not do this. I grew up Presbyterian, and this definitely doesn't fit our theology. I grew up Catholic, and we didn't do this in Catholic. Well, you're not. You're at transformation. God's trying to transform you. Okay? So, so I'll give you a scripture on it. This is a biblical church, right? We're having fun this morning. It's a biblical church. So here's the, here's, here's the Bible verse. You ready? Unless you become like a child, you cannot receive the kingdom of God. It, what does a child do? A child believes God and they have the faith to believe God. They pray crazy prayers. You know, 
they pray crazy prayers and, and, and they're enthusiastic and they, they get a gift and they go wild. You know, they're joyful and they're exuberant. And, and so maybe just act like you're a kid today. And it might just break some religious spirit off of your life to, to do a little wave at church, okay? And if you really don't want to participate, that's fine. But you're going to be like me early on in the, in the dip and dot phase. I'd rather you just go ahead and get it. So here we go. One, two, three. Okay, okay, that was okay. We did really good on standing up, but part of the wave is, is the woo, right? There, it's like a wave sound. So we'll, we'll start over here because, you know, you guys seem to do it really well over here. So here we go. One, two, three. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow. Now you've done the wave at church, right? <laughs> you've done the wave officially. Good job, everybody. You know what that lady demonstrated for us? She, out, she outperformed our enthusiasm. Every once in a while, you need someone in your life to kind of be out in front of you that kind of challenges you, encourages you to not settle, but to kind of stir up yourself. Kind of like, whoa, what's going on with her? Think about the woman who brought the alabaster box. She lays it at Jesus' feet, and everyone's like, what is this girl doing worshiping like this? This is too much. We shouldn't spend this much money on Jesus. By the way, that religious spirit's still in church. And it usually comes from the outreach department. Just a warning, everybody. They said, we should sell this perfume and give the money to help the poor people. I can't believe we bought this Fanta orange machine out here in the lobby. Coke machine. We should have bought more diapers. Shouldn't be spending this kind of money on God's house on something. How many of you know it gets real? We can get real religious real fast. Pharisee spirit real fast. If y'all don't know it yet, here's the warning: you can get real religious real fast. But that woman was extravagant in her worship, and don't you know that they criticized her really probably because she was extravagant towards God. But her extravagance in worship, hopefully, instead of people just seeing, well, that's kind of extravagant. Maybe it should motivate us to be a little more extravagant towards God, towards the things of God. Jesus is worth it, isn't it? Isn't he? So what happens to us? Why do we settle in? Well, being a youth pastor for 13 years, I've been involved still with the next generation for another 13 or so. And uh, what I see is I see these kids come in to youth group sixth, seventh grade. And about fourth grade, they were still real enthusiastic. But somewhere along the line, they, they switched from us being excited about, look, they're talking. Oh, look, they're saying da-da. Oh, they're walking. Oh, they're running. <laughs> somewhere along the line, we stopped getting excited about them talking and running, and we start telling them, sit down, be quiet, and don't you say another word. And that happens to our spirit. Some of you are old, but you've, you've, you learned to crawl and you learned to walk and you learned to roll over and you learned to get up after you fell. But some, you fell too many times and you've given up on standing up, speaking up. And if you've heard the enemy say, sit down, be quiet. That's not your place. You keep quiet, shut up. And I watch these middle schoolers come in just like a turtle in their shell. And God's like, that's not how I designed my kids. So we have a little phrase in our family, shy is a lie. Shy is a lie. 
how, how are you in their bedroom, teenager? That's how God wants you to be in real life. Don't go be bold in your bedroom singing, dancing. I'm walking on sunshine. Come to church. Don't go to the concert. Come to church. Shy is a lie. Why don't we just say that? Shy is a lie. Shy is a lie. That's not, that's not how God wants us to sit down. Be quiet. God wants us rather to stand up and speak out. Romans 12 Verse 1 and 2 says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life. Place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. That sounds like transformation. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture, culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. So God's looking for some people that'll start a wave. Let me ask you, do you need to start a wave of financial freedom and generosity for your family? It's your generational curse on finances. Hey, why don't you be the one to change that for your family? Is it a, a, is it a wave of peace? You're in a conversation and, and there's not much peace in there. Does God want you to start a wave of peace in that conversation? And we could go through a whole list of, of things like that. Does God want you to start a wave of enthusiasm for his house? Maybe that's what God's stirring up in you. A wave of enthusiasm for helping people connect to God in a small group and understanding the word of God for a new believer who just got baptized. What, what wave does God want you to start? I believe God wants us all to be wave starters. So how do I live a life of influence? How do I become a wave starter? Here's, here's the three, three things that'll, that'll encourage you today. The first one is this. You have to decide and then declare. Decide and then declare. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 it says, this day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you. How I many know that's not good when God's calling witnesses? He's calling witnesses against you. I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose or decide for life so that you and your children may live. I love it when God gives us the open book test. He's like, I put life and death. Now here's the right answer. Choose life. Listen, don't die, friend, before you're dead. Don't quit living before you've gone on to heaven. Stir yourself up. Wake yourself up. Decide today, I'm going to choose to live life. I'm not going to just let life pass me by. I'm going to live a life of influence. I'm going to make a difference on my days here on this earth. I'm deciding to choose life. Starts with a decision. But then it's important that we don't just keep our decision to ourselves. We have to declare that decision. Even salvation, think about how does salvation come to us? It's not enough to make a mental decision to follow Christ. You have to believe in your heart and what? Confess with your mouth. And whoever confesses with their mouth, Jesus is Lord, will be saved. The power of your confession is a big deal. Well, that sounds like secularism and this sounds like humanistic speaking things. Okay, well, our religion started with our God speaking the world into existence. And your words matter. Your words form the world you're living in right now. The words you have said, will you marry me, brought about the wife. 
Your words matter. They make a difference. I'm going to go to college. You now have a college degree because you said, I'm going to go to college and get a degree. You have to decide it, and then you have to speak it. Proverbs 18, verse 21. Wisdom tells us that the tongue has the power of life and death, and those that love it will eat its fruit. So God sets before us life and death. He says, choose life, decide for life. And then he says, now your mouth has the power to then speak life. Now, now speak it. You know, we've got to open up our mouths and begin to declare God's word. Joshua chapter 24, verse 15, it talks about this group of people that think that serving God seems undesirable. And he uses that phrase. He says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose today who you're going to serve. Choose who you're going to serve. And then he ends it with that verse that a lot of people would know. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And far be it from us to not, do, not to serve the Lord. I sure hope that not serving the Lord isn't an option that you keep close by. He says, uh, get that away from us. As for me and my house, we are going to serve the Lord. He didn't just decide to serve the Lord. He said, we are going to serve the Lord. Right? Psalm 118, verse 24. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Notice the decision there. We, we, we sang this song. Anybody sing the song growing up? This is the day. This is the day that the Lord had. Anybody know it? Wave at me. All right, now sing it with me. You're the choir. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has Be glad in it. Hey, glad in it. Oh, this is, all right, and it takes off, right? It's hard to sing that song and, and be sad, but that song's wrong theologically. It's not I, it's let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's a life of influence. It's not just, well, I will rejoice in the Lord and you can ruin my day here in the break room. No, you might need to start a wave of, of joy in the break room at work. Because this is the day the Lord has given me, and we all are not going to have a lousy day here at work. We are going to have a We have a job. A lot of people don't have jobs. We have, we have an employer. I'm just trying to be practical with you. Let us. Come on, everybody say us. That sounds like influence. Here's the second thing we need to do. We need to guard and refrain. <laughs> refrain from what? Maybe speaking. Pastor Dan, you just said, speak. I know, sometimes the best thing you do is be quiet. As long as that's a, an important quiet. Refrain from living and thinking in a small way. 2 Timothy 1, verse 13, 14. What you heard from me, keep it as a sound pattern of teaching with faith and love in Jesus Christ. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. When you're guarding and refraining, you're not letting anybody steal your joy. I'm going to hold on to it. And, and I might have to refrain from giving you a piece of my mind. Yeah. Think about what Jesus did. He demonstrated this for us. The Bible says this. He's being tortured. He's being crucified. He's being beat. He's having his, his beard plucked out. Our leader kept silent. The scripture says he uttered not a word. Sometimes the best thing you can do is don't give your enemy one more word. Just smile at him at the love of God. What are you going to say about that? Nothing. God bless you. You heap hot coals when you love people that 
that don't treat you right, right? That's that guarding refrain. You know, I'm not going to get caught up in this gossip. I'm going to guard myself from gossiping. Well, what do you think about that? That's not my business. God bless y'all. How I many know that's like, oh, that's a really a sad day when someone won't gossip with you? Well, it's just a prayer request. I just want to offer prayer requests. Uh, is that a prayer request for that person or are you just letting us all know their business? Sometimes we need to hold our peace. Think about the Israelites. They were at the Red Sea. The, the Bible tells us that the Pharaoh was coming from behind them. They have the, the waters in front of them. There's a giant cliff and rocks and embankment over here. They couldn't, they couldn't go to their left. On the right is a giant citadel, a military base. They have nowhere to go. Can't go forward, can't go back, can't go left, can't go right. That left one option, to go up. And here's what the scriptures say, Exodus 14, verse 13. But Moses told the people, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself will fight for you. Just stay calm. The message Bible says, I love this one, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> you, we need to practice a little bit more guarding and refraining and just sometimes we need to stand still and say, you just wait, give me, give me about 10 minutes till my God shows up. Guard and refrain from, from speaking things that aren't life. Here's the last one that we can put into place is to stir and to spur, to wake up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. It's not your pastor's job, by the way, to motivate you. It's your job. You have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The Holy Spirit wasn't put there so you could get goosebumps. The Holy Spirit, it doesn't come into our church so that people could fall over, handle snakes, some kind of weird thing. No, the Spirit of the living God indwells us to empower us to live out this life in the purposes that God put inside of you, to empower you to be a wave starter. To stir and spur. you got to stir it up. 2 Timothy 1.6. Therefore, Paul said to Timothy, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. got to stir it up. Stir the pot up today. It's like making chocolate chip cookies. If you just put the eggs and the sugar and the vanilla and the flour in a bowl and then you just pour all that into a cookie tray and put it in the oven, it's not going to be something people are going to want to eat. you got to stir up the chocolate chips. So we get a little chocolate chip in every bite. Come on, some of you got chocolate chips they are laying down at the bottom of the bowl of your life. Come on, we don't eat it for the dough. We eat it for the chocolate chips. <laughs> I got to stir up the gift of God that's in you. But not only stir up your gift, the Bible says in Hebrews 10, 24, let us consider, like stop and think about it. Make a plan this week how you can poke somebody else. How can you spur one another on towards love and good deeds? Like, I'm here today to kick you in the ribs. I brought my spiritual cowboy spurs. Do you see them? No, you don't see them because they're in my notes. It's the word of God. And I'm trying to remind you that there's more in you than you're given. <laughs> you're stronger than you think you are. You got more potential in you than you think you do. Think about why does the, why does the, the rider kick the horse? Is it because he dislikes the horse? No. Is it because he wants to wound the horse? No. There is latent strength that's hiding 
inside that horse. There's another speed. There's another gear. There, there, there's, 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 there's something else inside that horse that unless there's a little kick in the ribs, that horse just kind of sit around, kind of trot around. But the church of the living God, we, this is not our worst hour. This is our greatest hour. The darker the world gets, the brighter the church of the living God becomes. Right? The more hopeless people are, the more hope that we have to offer. The more despair that, what's America coming to? Revival. <laughs> That's what it's coming to. Oh, well, I just don't know. Well, you know this country. Okay, good news for you. It was really bad in Jesus' day too. The government was corrupt and it was crazy, but the church prospered and expanded. Listen, our goal is not to create good governments. Our goal was to create the church and build it. And that's what God's building and to make a difference in people's lives. Come on, do you receive God's word today? Let me pray for you today. Heavenly Father, thank you for the plan and purpose that you have for us. God, we thank you that your purpose will prevail. It will prevail. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but the Lord's purposes prevail. God, I pray for those today that may have given up on a dream in their heart. They're, they've given up on leadership. They've given up on commitment. They've given up on serving. They've given up on making a difference in someone else's life. God, I pray through the power of your word, the renewing of the mind. I pray through the power of preaching today, your word. I pray that through the power of the Holy Spirit that they would be set free from this lack of agitation and that there would be a holy disturbance in their life this week. That not only for them though, God, that they would, that they would stir up the gift of God inside of someone else. I pray it all in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, church. Pastor. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.